people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. He gives kind of a sense of elegance to it. I know. Yes. Is it this loud? Like, to the other people or is it just our headphones? It's, it's our, our headphones. headphones. It's our headphones. Yeah. Okay. And now, here is our fig-infused host, Derek McCall. Thank you. This is Derek McCall, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are podcasting on Tuesday, June 4th, because this is one of those nights... Uh, where the news was so hot, so big, we couldn't wait another day to talk about it. Is that why we're it. doing this Tuesday? Well, yeah, I had a gig Thursday night, too. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, and we are, of course, podcasting from Cafe Stritch. Stritch. It's our favorite place to be. And tonight, <laughs> let's see. Um, you know, I had the macaroni and cheese. You had the, uh, I had the uh, salad again? I had, no, I had the uh, butcher, the, the uh, chili. The butcher's chili. The butcher's chili. And the side salad. And I had, oddly enough, the butcher's chili and the macaroni and Go cheese. Go Team Venture. Go oh, Team Venture. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Dead of a heart attack early. All right. Go, <laughs> go Team Diabetes. All right. So, uh, and you also experimented with desserts tonight. Uh, we have a guest tonight who is currently uh, slowly nibbling on a fresh, warm chocolate chip cookie. As I do every night. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, we shall introduce in a moment. There we go. Is across from me is our is our guest announcer and occasional contributor and occasional trader and arch enemy, Christopher J. Garcia. <laughs> Yay! And tonight we are very blessed to be able to bring in. This is why we another reason why we did it on Tuesday because I knew he'd be in town on a Tuesday night. Uh, would be uh, our Doctor Who reviewer. Identify yourself your now. Name. Drew Simchek is the name. Right. And that's who you are. All right. That's right. And, of course, to my right, podcast producer and occasional moral compass, though we've established it wavers. A moral compass just knows which way to go. Doesn't necessarily go that way. (laughs) Right. Doesn't tell others. Rick Brett Snyder. (laughs) And so... Way we're gonna go out of order a little bit tonight. There's a lot of movie news. There's a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy news. Marvel has been busy. They are busy, busy. They are super busy. But we're not going to talk about that now. No. We're not even going to talk about the comics now. Because you're expecting the- that now. No, you're totally expecting it. And there's plenty of comics news to talk about as well. Most about people having snits in creativity. Uh, we're going to be talking. What's about- that little character now in Little Abner? The snit. The, the, sh- kind of a- the shmoo. Oh, that shmoo. was the shmoo. Yeah. Okay. No, Head in the no. game, Brett Schneider. Head in the game. Why start now? <laughs> and uh, we're actually going to start with television because obviously some people listening might have guessed from bringing in our Doctor Who reviewer, though that wouldn't be the only reason because he's a charming conversationalist, but, uh, but there's a bit of... Man can't eat a cookie. He can. And ice cream scoops. How was that strawberry cheesecake and chocolate combination? Uh, they were both amazing. Okay, excellent. Highly yes. recommended. So we're going to do a lot. Uh, th- I don't say there's a lot of news in Doctor Who, but what little news there is is absolutely earth-shattering. It's news on an incredibly large fulcrum. That's right. Yes. 
Uh, and uh, and then we've got a couple of other fan favorite shows that had some fascinating things happen this week. So mm. we'll we'll just start off. I mean, uh, with of course what everybody really wants to know is Dan Harmon returning to Community for season five. Yes, yes, he is. My my mo- my most ambivalent thing tonight is that is the revelation that Dan Harmon for the DVD for season four may provide commentary. Which will be hilarious, even if he just read his tweets. Yes, but it might be rather so. I, you know, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I he could tweet while he's doing it. I would. He probably does. Uh, I so I, I I'm afraid of Here's that. Here's a tweet. And yet I, I really want to hear it. Yes, uh, it's going to be fascinating to see. My hope is, my dream is that when they start season five, it's going to be uh, they're going to keep uh, Pierce around. But do what they did for the two episodes. No, he's he was, gone. Well, no, the two episodes that he was gone for, where he was still a, there. A Pierce duplicate. Yeah. Well, no, they was not a Pierce duplicate, but like, uh, oh, Pierce is underneath the is trapped underneath the counter at the uh, the yes. Froyo store. I think that would be. Well, they had a keep, they'll keep his they story alive yeah. for that one. Yeah. 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 So. Yes. Okay. That could be. All right. And, and I mean, as a guy who has Dan Harmon on his Facebook profile cover photo, um, just reminding everyone out there. Uh, that as a guy who did improv with him back in the early nineties, as a guy yeah, who that wasn't even scripted. No, connection. Yeah, no, I know it wasn't even scripted, <laughs> and it was before Facebook. So go ahead. Exactly. Um, I really think this is actually going to be a positive for the show, particularly with Chevy leaving. Does um, this make television history? Has there been a yeah, time oh yeah. when uh, Lauren Lauren Michaels? Ah, uh, Lauren Michaels left Saturday Night Live, but mm-hmm. not in quite as. Publicly destructive of fashion, I think. Publicly, mm. no, but privately, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. there was a lot There's of some bodies buried, a lot of dead Dick Ebersol stuff going on. But I think it's going to be interesting to see because when he publicly said uh, that the reason he's back is Joel McHale. Yes, and that makes total sense to everyone. Yes, um, the ratings for the last season. Can were, you explain that to me, Joel McHale? has always been the biggest supporter of Dan Harmon and that show. Of Dan Harmon's vision, yes. Um, Yeah, and absolutely giant. While his biggest detractor is, of course... Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. Okay. And... And time has proven Chevy Chase is an idiot for saying he left Community because he didn't want to do that type of comedy and they didn't know what was funny and then immediately did Old Navy commercials as Clark Griswold again. Yeah. Hey, it's a paycheck, baby. Yeah, so was Community. That was my point. <laughs> one was creative, and one was kind of sad. Well, you know, as they said, they 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 based a lot of uh, of his character on things he'd actually said. Like almost everything yeah. that his character said about the internet was something Chevy Chase had actually said. Yeah, is Napster still a thing? Is the very most specific one I remember. Well, also, I I need to uh, I, I can't check my email. My computer's <laughs> back in Virginia. Yes. Uh, so. And he wasn't kidding. Yes. So uh, that's interesting and sad. And Chris McKenna is also, I believe, I don't know if he's confirmed or if he's just in, still in talks to return. Uh, Chris McKenna, of course, wrote uh, Remedial Chaos Theory with Dan. Oh, okay. And was also at Worldcon and is also on my Facebook cover photo. Oh. Just saying. Oh, great. Um, but uh, it looks like the... Business cards that went through a dryer I just discovered in my pocket. All right. Wow. They're all mine. Don't and you've named the podcast. Yes. 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 <laughs> Business cards <laughs> and dryer. Yes. I think it's going to be an interesting no, season. It's a haiku. I'm excited. Uh, there was some question as to whether Donald Glover would be available. 
but it looks like now he certainly will be. Um, he did. I know Chris McKenna pitched a number of uh, uh, pilots, didn't get anything picked up. I believe uh, Donald Glover did as well, mm-hmm. but nothing got picked up. What's your favorite theory about how they're going to bring, uh, what's his name, lawyer guy, back into the... Yeah, that, the whole thing about, I can drop by any time. I can he, drop by any time, yeah. But yeah, it's not going to work. He's got to be a student. Well, no, 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 no. I think what Dan Harmon's vision all along was that after four years... The They'd start graduating like in Glee? No, that community, that the point yeah. of it now is not community as in community college, but in mm. that they have formed a community on their way to becoming more uh, fuller people. I think that's too deep for the wa- people who are watching this Which show. has always been the problem with community, so yeah. I'm all for it. <laughs> I love guess. conceptual shifts. Do it. My guess is he's actually going to keep them in class yeah. with... Uh, with Jeff actually having to deal with having graduated, but he can't bring himself to leave. It's like his a creepy guy behind. that hangs around high exactly. school after he graduates. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be interesting. What I really want to know is what they're going to do with. <laughs> we all did that <laughs> with both Annie and Abed, yeah. because Abed's character sort of had a holding pattern this entire season. Yeah, yeah. And season three was all about Abed growing and changing. Yes. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with any of them this year. Although I do hope they bring back the girl from the uh, the Valentine's Day dance where he had the two dates. Oh, she was awesome. She was yeah. great. Yes. Um, yes. I also want to know if they're going to bring back Ian Duncan, the girl from Twenty One Jump Street. Who was oh, uh, she was she was the she was the girl that uh, what's his name? Who Jonah Hill? Uh, Jonah Hill. Was, uh, yes. I, I don't watch crap movies. It's not a crap movie. And by the way. Yes, you, you do. do. You yeah, freaking liar. You <laughs> mostly watch crap I, movies. I just did a, a mental inventory in fact, of my DVD in collection. Fact, as, I, as I'm watching the blood seep through your eye sockets, I realize that even you knew what you had said wrong. Uh, Good point. <laughs> Let me take this point to <laughs> this moment. By the way, give a we have a quasi-sponsor, of course, but not only Cafe Stretch, but Cafe Stretch, which has a signature drink right now. The Space Bar, Space which Bar. is inspired by the world premiere play at City Lights Theater Company, a company... The sequel to Space Jam? No. Space Bar is actually a really funny, twisted, dark comedy about a young boy who um, writes an unproducible Broadway play of, like, I think it's 560-something pages, the script oh, alone, <laughs> and it's set at a space bar. And, <laughs> and so... So it's Gentleman Bronco. <laughs> Young Steve Only hopefully better than that movie. Uh, no, it's actually it, it, no. I, oh, I yeah, I didn't like it. Wrong. No. I, I was very disappointed by that film. But I did. But I did like Space. Uh, the, I read the script. I haven't seen the production yet. I'm gonna find time. But it does actually feature a cameo by me. How could I be in it and not having seen it or even be there right now? You're a voiceover. I damn it. <laughs> oh, I just guessed. You're a hologram. You before. <laughs> yeah, right. Then it's not a guess. It's not a guess, Rick. Jeez. The fix is in. Oh, God. <laughs> I was hoping you were on an Andy Warhol-style portrait. <laughs> Poor Derrickson. So that would be awesome. Right. The, the entire, Andy Warhol, by the way, the entire, the entire set is an abstract representation of my head. <laughs> now, he stands in a frame still through the whole thing. It's, it's true. But actually, but actually uh, it is also starring uh, Jeff Kramer, who uh, runs a little business called Comedy Sports that both uh, Drew Simchick and I work for. I like that Derek. I like him guy. He's a good guy. You like, you like Jeff Kramer? Yeah, good. I haven't, you I haven't should. seen him in a while. Yeah, well, you should go see the Space Bar then. I probably should. It's a sci-fi play. Isn't that play? 
playing at beautiful City, City Lights, Lights Theater, Theater 529 what? South 2nd Street in downtown San Jose. You can get tickets by going on to the web at www.cltc.org. Or you can call them at 408-295-4200. So wow, that, that was seamless. I've actually now given my entire role away. <laughs> <laughs> is it playing right now or is it in the future sometime? Well, it's Tuesday. So, it's no, not right now. Science fiction thing, right? Thursday through Sunday. The future. Uh, through the end of June. Yeah. In which case then in uh, the end of July, they're going to be doing the Rocky Horror Show. And then the Space Bar drink is then replaced by the Rocky Horror. Here at Cafe Stretch. At Cafe Stretch, which terrifies me. But any parent, <laughs> Cafe Stretch is committed to creating a signature drink based on each play that City Lights does in the next season. I well, really want them to do Glenn Glenn It's got to be on the rocks, right? And a horror is probably going to be like... <laughs> like a lot of cream. Yeah. Chambord and like... Bourbon. Chambord's in this. Oh, okay. Uh, then it's Chambord and cream de cacao. 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 <laughs> With a little touch of mint. Peppermint schmott. <laughs> All right, actually, you made that sound pretty good to me. Yeah, so you sold it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do what I can. Yeah, yeah. You are a fantastic femi mixologist. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, I know it's better than dilettante's dilettante. Uh, so, but now. The real reason that we have Drew here, not to talk about community, not to talk about yeah. alcoholic beverages. Because he well, really hasn't talked about community or alcohol. No, he didn't have any opinion no. whatsoever. No. I, I know what I know. Even though, uh, yes, okay. Uh, we have an idiot You're ahead of the here. game, sir. We have an idiot so Yeah. We're not about knowing what we know. We're not, we, we only talk about things we don't know about here on this show. Um, but what you ask for. But we do have a connection to see because Drew plays with comedy sports. And why do we know Dan Harmon? Because Dan Harmon started with comedy sports Milwaukee. That's right. So in, I did not know that. You did not know that. Oh, I thought you knew that Dan was a comedy sports player. And I now do you know. know. Yes. You mean my close personal friend, Dan I Harmon? I do mean that Hugo Award winning Christopher <laughs> J. Garcia. <laughs> and there goes my space bar. <laughs> oh, oh that's, a, that's a good fig infusion. Okay, so anyway, we're talking over the weekend. The heartbreaking news came out that we knew was going to happen sometime. But Matt, not so soon. Matt Smith announced that he is leaving Doctor Who. So, uh, though the claim is that, of course, Stephen Moffat says, somewhere out there right now, someone is going about the business not knowing that they are going to be, be you? the Doctor. <laughs> Could it be you? Which I say is, the Doctor lies, Stephen Moffat lies. Stephen Moffat knows damn well exactly who his new Doctor is. But the question is, do we? And Dan so, Harmon. Ooh, that would be boring. Uh, so Only if he shaved. Yes. So let's talk about it. Drew, what was your immediate reaction? Uh, Where were you when Matt Smith announced he was leaving? <laughs> I was probably reading Facebook. <laughs> Funny, so That's was I. I found out, yes. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I, was, I was reading Twitter. <laughs> oh. oh, well. well. Cat, cat video was winding down in the background <laughs> onto another item. That's right. No, so, I mean, uh, well, uh, like you said, I mean, obviously we knew this was coming sooner or later. Um, I just wanted it to be I later. wanted it to be much later. Well, I thought, okay, so we've known for a while that, that uh, Jenna Louise Coleman is staying on for the next season. Yes, all the way through, yes. And they've been confirming that all along. And because so let's, let's clarify for those... Two listeners who don't know this, 
And he care. has committed. He will be and care. You're right. So for Lon Lopez, because I know you care now that you're now that you're in England, uh, that uh, that not that he's listening. I don't know why I'm saying that, but um, that Matt Smith will be in the 50th anniversary episode. Yes, and then he will be in the Christmas, Christmas special, episode. but regenerate at some point in that episode. Right. All right, so first of all, what I'm hoping happens is at the beginning of the Christmas special, we see someone in a Matt Smith wig just roll over and regenerate right then and there. <laughs> so they don't have to pay him? <laughs> well, I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> so that's a Time in the Ronnie reference for any classic fans. But um, in all yes. seriousness, uh, obviously the speculation now is all about who is it going to be. Um, and uh, so the first thing I have to say is I, I, I want it to be somebody I don't know. I always say that. So all the speculation is around... You know, let's cast your favorite celebrity. Which uh, you don't want role, because Matt Smith which, came out of nowhere, essentially. As far as I knew, yeah. I yes. mean, obviously he's been in things. Obviously David Tennant was in things. Uh, I had a little bit of a problem with Chris Eccleston because I'd seen him in stuff before mm-hmm. he did Doctor Who. And it, it always is a little jarring, I think, for me to have that happen. Um, yeah. You know, I, I like I like having it feel like they're originating that. But that was almost like an American film. casting choice to say, like, you need Chris e- Christopher Eccleston because he'll give a little goose to a series we don't think is going to work. Right. And obviously it was a great casting choice. I'm not at all complaining yeah. about that. Um, even though he's, he's a very unusual doctor to me. He's the one who doesn't quite feel like he fits, and in some ways that makes him even better. Yeah. Um, but, but so with that caveat, obviously everyone's you know, speculating who's it going to be. And there's sort of two interesting lines of discussion along, along that. Uh, and the first one is, um, well, let's maybe start with the least controversial one. The first one is that uh, it's somebody we already have seen. It's somebody who's already involved in some way. It's maybe somebody who's potentially spent the whole season sounding a lot like Matt Smith, running around with him, copying his mannerisms. I see. Could it possibly be Jenna Louise Coleman? Probably not. Everybody but wants a female doctor. That's, that's, that's my theory because, yeah. okay, so, and there's precedence for this. Okay. So if you go back to the Tom Baker Doctor Who, mm-hmm. Romana, when she regenerated, she chose who she wanted to be. And she did it. She chose the princess who had died in the previous series right. in honor of her. So it's. Not entirely unheard of, and they've been there have been people who've been saying the doctor could always regenerate into a woman. Right. I would counter, however, if you're going to go by by that, not having seen seen that. I know who Ramon, I know the storyline, all that, but that very clearly, at least in this revival, the doctor has had no control over what he looks like, and has been very in all all three regenerations, been shown to be very concerned about what he looks like. And one of Matt Smith's first things was, oh, please let me not be a ginger. And which, we, is, so, which is why I think it's Rupert well, we got, Grint. We got the feeling from the Romana regeneration that it was a regeneration by choice. Well, hang on and a she second, actually, because she Chris was, just dropped it, dropped it, he thinks. And I've seen this before. I've seen yes, this on the web. Rupert Grint. It's going to be, I swear, I'll put money on this, that it's going to be Ron Weasley. Because it has because to be someone younger. It has to be someone younger, and it has to be someone who's a ginger to make those two jokes pay off. He's had too much. He's way too well known. Uh, well, David Tennant was really, really well known. Well, Peter Davidson was really well known, but he wasn't internationally really well known. That's probably true. And actually, Sylvester McCoy was really well-known, too. But not internationally. Not as much internationally, true. Tom Baker was well-known. 
Well, I guess he was. Yes. But that was the 70s. Nothing counts in the 70s. Actually, Baker is well known for his film work, wasn't he? Right. Right. Yeah. Because he was in The Golden Voyage of Sinbad. And he was in the Kama Sutra. Yes. But he wasn't even working at the time they cast He did full frontal nudity in the Don't say that. Don't. Ah. 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 Outside in a little bit. Shut up. Oh. Saw it next door to here. Oh, no. I did. At the camera one. Oh, God. Okay. But yeah. So the 70s don't count. Thankfully. I know, because yeah. now, uh, um, the only other, I can't put pepper in my eyes. The other thing that would be interesting, and it's a a strange rumor, but to see Amy Pond come back. There's wow. also the theory of a doctoral interregnum, which I think could happen for at least a couple of episodes. Okay, explain that. That there is no doctor, that there has been no regeneration. And that we're we're seeing the the universe start to spiral out of control while we're waiting for it to regeneration, because we already saw it takes him longer to regenerate now. Uh, the Christmas invasion is the perfect example of that. Right, and and it was clear that there was mm-hmm. things going on in the eleventh hour as well. So. Exactly. So back to you, Drew. Or have we blown your mind with these well, theories that are? By the way, we know nothing of what we're he talking already about. Had all <laughs> these. He already yeah, I had all these. I have heard the Rupert Grint one. I, I don't. How old is he now? It's about 25, 40. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah, well, that's uh, the smoking. That's, that's a, it's a hard one for me to see, but I'll... I'll um, anyway, back to the General Lee's thing real quick. I don't really see how that would happen now that she's scattered throughout his history. Right, and right. And now that she's with him in whatever strange doctor's mind limbo they're in right now. But... Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is strange to me that she spent the whole season kind of being a non-entity, not really having a whole lot of personality of her own, kind of yeah. almost auditioning for her own role in a way in, in just about every story. So there's a tiny part of me that thinks maybe that's where they're going with this. Um, but it would be a, probably the strangest explanation we've seen yet uh, for that to somehow happen. Um, although, okay, I'm going to spin off into a weird territory here. We have seen... In several regenerations, we've seen um, kind of a projection of the future Doctor appear, or the future Time Lord, let's say. So in Planet of the Spiders, uh, there's a regeneration uh, by a Time Lord there, the Kenpo Rinpoche. So um, he has an avatar throughout the whole thing named Choje, who mm-hmm. uh, is walking around and talking to people and kind of essentially running the... the uh, the monastery that they're at and eventually turns out to be a future projection of that Time Lord. Uh, in Legopolis, when Tom Baker regenerates, he has this kind of um, uh, white-faced, mime-looking right. character who turns out to be kind of a, an kind of avatar. Kind of haunting him through the whole... Right, right. So we've, we've seen this whole thing before. It would be really strange for him to be hanging out with someone who we've seen, essentially, the, the birth of and, and spent the whole right. season with. But it's not completely without precedent, and okay. Moffat could reach back for that. But getting a little bit back more into the realm of reality, you know, obviously a lot of the talk this time, as it has been before, has been about, you know, are we going to see a female doctor? Are we going to see a, a doctor who's not white? Mm-hmm. You know, so there's that whole thing. And my feeling about that, um, first of all, I'd love to see it happen, but I think the biggest reason why I'm nervous about it is that there's only two ways you can treat it, which is you can either acknowledge it, or you can not acknowledge it. So if you don't acknowledge it, it's kind of maybe you make jokes about how different he looks, the way you make jokes about that in every regeneration, but you don't really get specific. You could do mm-hmm. that. It would be relatively safe. It might be okay. 
if you start getting into referring to the reason why he's different, um, it's it's a lot more awkward in one case versus the other. So, for example, you have this situation where uh, you know the doctor's a woman now, and and uh, he encounters it wouldn't be the brigadier, obviously, but let's say it's the brigadier's daughter. Uh, so he encounters her, and and she says, "But you're a woman now." And the doctor goes, yes, so let's get these ice warriors or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Fine. Okay, you can kind of make that joke. That would work. Um, but if she says, doctor, you're black now. And he says, yes, of course. Let's get these ice warriors. It's a lot more uncomfortable that way. That's but a really awkward way to do I it. I don't know that in it's a European version this from an American perspective. I don't think that British television... That a British audience needs to have that There was no one who said that Rose has a black boyfriend. Right. No one, right. no one made a comment. So I think they're at a different social place, and if I may posit, a then better social place. Fly over country in, in then, the USA. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't think that the show itself would. I think there are people that will stop watching. Right. In America. But, I but think we didn't want them anyway. I think there will also be people who say, look, you're, you're doing this thing which, let's face it, is unprecedented within the show. You need to comment on it somehow. You can't yes. just let it be there. You have to somehow... I don't, I don't know. I think, I think you could just let it be there. Couldn't you? I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a BBC show, first mm-hmm. and foremost. And American audiences, of course, if it was done in the U.S., yeah, it'd be all heavy-handed. Right. But it'd be so much cleaner if they did have a black doctor that it went unsaid. I fully agree with you. We I, had, that's the way I would do it. We had an election where very few times in official in official speech did anyone say one of the candidates is black. Right. Everyone knew it and in bars across the country there were all kinds of people being derogatory about it. I'm sorry, but Chris is piecing together what you're talking about right yeah, now. <laughs> but I think that it, it's... He's a it, political dilettante. It was fine that, that uh, nobody said... It wasn't the issue. Right, right. For educated people that I would actually hang and out And let's with. face it, that's who's watching Doctor yeah. Who in the yeah. U.S. Yeah. And we were right. talking about W.B. Du Bois, my, right? my uncle Ralph exactly. is not okay. watching. Uh, <laughs> well, now, I don't well, think it was he be... died 30 years ago, but still. Was he watching then? No. Okay, just making sure. Well, I don't think it would be a negative issue. I think it would be more of a case where people would expect you to take the opportunity to do something thematically with that, as they sort of touched on with Martha and the Shakespeare Code, and they haven't really done a lot with that. In Human mm-hmm. Nature, they did a little bit as well. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Kind of an, 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 another situation, which is kind of more fanboy parallel, which was Nick Fury in, in uh, the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right. Of course, there had never been a white... Nick Fury in the Marvel movies as long as you don't think about David Hasselhoff but I always think about David Hasselhoff but, but not as Nick Fury but he was yeah. it was a change up for the character mm-hmm. so but yeah. yeah although I'm interested actually in another aspect of what you were saying earlier about us getting sort of previews we've twice seen companions previewed before they came on and it's never been commented on and that's sort of where the uh, where I kind of see that might be the possibility of the next regeneration. Well, well who's to say? A prior companion or one of the secondary players? Uh, yeah. Well, Doctor we, Strax, perhaps. <laughs> you know what? That would be hilarious. I would pay good money. Well, to see no, that. I would. I, I would totally go watch a Strax centric. Well, so a couple of the theories that I think are way out there and not likely to be, but one could be: Could you go back to John Hurt? 
could John Hurt actually be the next and not the pat, not the forgotten, but that they knew they were headed towards it. Since they do know, they mentioned the Doctor will have these other names at the at the end, the Beast and uh, what's the famous one that I always forget. Um, the oncoming storm, the Valyard. The Valyard. The Valyard. Yeah, I read about the Valyard a lot. So, um, you know, so maybe John Hurt is twelve. Um, the other theory, which I don't think is very likely at all, but it's funny because Chris Garcia, the Doctor Who dilettante, actually posted on Facebook, it's now the time to back a truckload of money up to David Tennant's house, is could it be that you lured David Tennant back in for a season? The continuing, the to, continuing to, adventures of ten. To just go back and like he has to solve something that to would then, fill in. To fill in in the absence of, of Smith. I don't think that's very likely at all, but that did cause a little fanboy squee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, but that, but that goes into the realm of slash fiction. Let's call Amazon. Well, I mean, Tennant did have in uh, in uh, Blink, right? Yeah. There's there's obviously uh, stuff going on while while they're bouncing. But there's the thing about the Doctor. There always is. There always is. All, especially in not having watched enough of the old stuff of the old series. I couldn't say if that was something that was always being done on the old series. But there are plenty of gaps, even in Eccleston's. Where they make it very clear there were lots Something of adventures happened. for an audio drama, say, or a novel. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, go watch know. any of the old uh, first first series. Um, like, I watched the uh, Talons of Wang Chiang not too long ago. Okay. And there are lots of references to things that Adventures he obviously had. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Yes. And so, uh, like, the, the classic one is uh, it was about a time agent from the 50th century that they then picked up later and happened to be a little guy named Jack Harkness. Yeah. So, you know, it's easy to do. That's why they can do all the big finish audio productions, all the mm-hmm. Target books. Right, right. And that's and that's exactly what I just said. If and you I would were love, I was listening, listening to me. No, no, no. <laughs> so it, it, the chance of doing it without dealing, uh, literally it's just a sidelight. It's without dealing with what's happening with the Doctor. I, If I were Doctor Who, and I am. Uh, <laughs> no. Ah, the world's not ready. A black person, a woman, yeah. yeah. But, but we're not ready for a Garcia. Yeah. Uh, but they're, they're, they should punt, honestly, because because I think if I make the if I may make the Lon Lopez joke, <laughs> I have ahead. the I have the candidate who will solve both problems. Kelly, who that solves a lot of problems. <laughs> 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 Can we bring in Sammo Hung? Also? I'm just saying that was the, that was the Lon Lopez joke. I miss you, brother. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Actually, you know, when you were talking about uh, about uh, Ginger from uh, yeah. from Gilligan's Harry Potter. Okay. Um, actually, more challenging would be to bring Malfoy back in as the Doctor. <laughs> Jason hmm. Isaac would be great. Oh, you yeah. mean the other? You mean Tom Felton? Yeah, Tom Felton. Uh, Hull- yeah, Tom Felton. But I know, I think most of the candidates that I'm seeing online, the can- and you're right, we don't know, because certainly I saw so many candidates that I liked when David Tennant was leaving, that mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that'd be okay, I could live with that person, that person, and of course, nobody went, there's this actor, Matt Smith, he was in this, you know, nobody called oh, yeah. that. He's been doing plays. Yeah, be, well, he was, in, he was in a miniseries with Billy Piper before he, right. was, uh, before he was cast as the Doctor. You know, they kept, they've got really good secrecy. They keep secrets very well. So, um... The th- but but the people everybody wants to go back to older because the th- the thing that has not been commented upon within the show, um, except perhaps vaguely by River yep. when she saw David Tennant was I've never seen him so young, 
and that he mm. keeps get in this new incarnation, he keeps getting younger and younger. And <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if you turned to be like 14 in the next incarnation? <laughs> oh, and they realize geez. they've got a problem. Yeah, well, no, the problem is they, they may still be clinging to the 13th incarnation. And if that is the case, the reason why he's getting younger with each incarnation is there has to be an endpoint. Mm. And so with that... Now, if they break away from that, there are a number of theories that they already have. So the have. doctor is Benjamin Button. More or less, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Actually, I was going to go with Jonathan Winters from Mork and Mindy. Mirth. Mirth. Or Mork, I guess they all age backwards. Um, but yeah, that, if that is a limitation that they're dealing with, yeah, it has to be. I yeah. would, and personally, I would love to see a hormonal teenage doctor. <laughs> right. 13 year old doctor. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Mm. That was bad. Anyway, I, I wouldn't. I want to go, you know, or I, I, I want an explanation for that. Has there been a reason? And you have, and I, I don't think you can cast a, you can't cast much younger because one of the things that Matt Smith was, uh, that I've commented upon many times that I, that I've loved is he has convinced me he's a thousand years old when he drops the mask. Like there are moments of just the doctor feeling defeated. You see the weight on mm-hmm. it, on his face. But I don't think in reality, and occasionally we must deal with such a thing, <laughs> that you can find, say, a 19 or 20-year-old boy or girl, really, who has the, the weight to him or her emotionally to pull that off. You'd, you definitely need to find one who could, who could attempt it, who could get there. We need a fanning. I don't, I don't know. That, <laughs> I think there are, care, are, are actors out there who probably could pull it off, but... They're not. I think most of Cal over one of the things that uh, you know, like Sir Ian McKellen has gone on record of being, says that the age of the great uh, British actor is essentially done, because everybody rushes to the television instead of years of time on stage. They're seeking the short-term fame, right? And so you get Matt Smith did spend a lot of time on stage first. But those but creatures like him as an actor are getting rarer and rarer. That's the reality of the time we're living in. But you know, so you know, you can say McKellen saying that as an old man's criticism of oh, these kids today uh, are not uh, you know they they're not living the same things. But but I, I do get what he's saying. They're not dealing with the classics. They're not dealing with with grandiose emotions. And you need somebody who who can. And I just think. Eh, you can have a 19 or 20-year-old who can feign it a little bit, but it's not going to stand up. But wouldn't it be cool if you could find the kid who could do it? Oh, yeah. Sure, but I'm too old now. Okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Well, I think, and you know what the ultimate thing I, I believe is, and this is the one thing I wish, I just want a better doctor than Matt Smith. I did not. And, I mean, it comes off the problem that easily David Tennant was the best doctor, without question. In this latest batch. In any Ten, of them. Really? Uh, yeah. Can, I, I'd question it, but that's... Well, because you'd be wrong. <laughs> no, but that's okay. what makes it magnificent. Everybody has their favorite. They all have, yeah. you know. And then there are people, like those, who can kind of just go, this is life. It moves on. I can appreciate each one for who they are. I was determined not to like Matt Smith, and I fell absolutely in love with Matt Smith's portrayal, and I don't want to see him go. The as, funny ba- thing, as much as I didn't want to see David Tennant go. Right. The, the, the interesting thing is I thought Matt Smith, in dealing with his companions was far better than any other doctor I could think of, except for uh, four with uh, 
not Sarah Jane Sarah. with Sarah Jane or with uh, Romana Tila. No, no, the Chagan. No, or Wild, Wild Lila. 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 Yes. Okay, why did it take me so long to remember that? <laughs> um, Lelo Servatim. No, none of the other ones I thought dealt with their companions in such a almost dispassionately humanistic way, mm-hmm. and I loved that. And I thought even that was even better than Tennant. And I thought Tennant Rose was spectacular. And well, sure, but everybody thinks that. Well, yeah. Even better that I finally saw some Eccleston, and I was unimpressed with that. Well, Eccleston's run had problems in that you knew he'd already left before yeah. you discovered the show, um, and well, yeah, I mean, I didn't know that. he'd left. It, it leaked the night of the first uh, of the first broadcast that he would that already, he had already they'd filmed it. Yeah. And he had already left, and he would regenerate at the end. So, in England, at least, people oh, okay. people did know that he was going. And by the time I discovered it, I'll say my was, yeah, I mean, this <laughs> is old news, um, and. So you watch it and you go, and it's really hard to warm up to him because I can't get past. Of course, I'll recant all this if we ever encounter him personally, but uh, but I can't get past the that he had. I feel like he had disdain for the role from the beginning. You I think what, he did what, a good job because he was definitely playing up the survivor's guilt, and he needed to exist as a transition to get people in uh, back or back into the show. But but I. I don't like his attitude about it now. You know, I didn't know anything about the actor at that time, but yeah. because he told the story of the end of the Time Lords, and I got the mm. feeling that he had been the Doctor for a while, and he had he had seen some bad mileage. But on that uh, but as, as well. I say, if you actually watch Rose, right, he has not been. It no. is actually subtle, but it's there. I, I that know, he, I know. It, but you, it, you pointed this out to me yeah. before, but I, I still kind of felt like. Yeah. He, he was he was the first one for a long time. Well, but we I think seeing. a lot of them. I, I think they all retain the memories. It's just most of them don't dwell on those personalities. They treat them as separate people in a right. weird way. They lose. They do lose memories. Um, we we see that most thoroughly with uh, Baker. Drew, you got to jump in. <laughs> you just got nobody. Well, it's clear. Like Matt Smith certainly had yeah. no memory of, of, of uh, the Great Intelligence. Yeah, it's true. Which I thought was actually going to pay off in some way. Like, I was expecting us to find out, oh, well, he's got memory holes because something's going on. Like, he said it as though it were significant as opposed to just, I can't remember the great intelligence. I don't know where I put my hat stand. You know, yeah. I, I thought there was going to be something to that, and there hasn't been yet. Doctor there still might be. Yes, some kind of, you know. Well, that might be part of the 11th fifth, persona that, but, but that might be part of the 50th it might very well anniversary. Be. That, that's that, that there are things of, you know, this is the first clue as most people think, that there was a different doctor in the time war, maybe the consequences of the time war was there were delayed memory loss. So let me ask you guys this. I mean, you brought up John Hurt. I know some people have done that before. I mean, do we really think that it's possible John Hurt would take a television role like that for a season or two or three? I think I think BBC shooting is different than American. I think you could do he could do 13 episodes and be fine. Uh, or really, it's six and seven, six episodes and seven episodes at a time, and go off and right. do something else. The thing you can never predict with, especially the, these older, like McKellen and you know Stewart yeah. was, was the the weighing. What's my legacy, both 
what's my legacy as an actor, but what's my legacy financially to my heirs? Right. And that starts driving people to decisions. Like, I'll never, I'll, you know, I people sneer at any actor taking the so-called, it's just a paycheck role, and it's like, well, yeah, they're actors, they, that's their <laughs> job, they actually, look, we all like money, don't we? Hello. <laughs> you yes, know, right. It buys us things, like food and shelter. And, and big houses. But honestly, I couldn't and see shame him, caves. I couldn't see him doing a full season. I could see him doing one of the, uh, uh, like Tenet did, was it five episodes? Four or five specials. Yeah. yeah. Series of specials. So I, yeah. I don't think he's got, I mean, you hear a lot of actors who get into these fanish roles and they drop it because they don't want to get typecast. I don't think he's got any chance of being typecast. That's true. Going true. forward. So I don't, I don't really see that much of a. I mean, he could do this whole thing on a on a lark, and, and have I, a lot I don't, of fun. And I, I don't know how likely it is that he is. Let's, let's make that clear again. We have no inside information. This is a weird left field speculation. Oh yes, we do. We're, we're announcing it here. Oh, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> Exclusive. If we're right, we'll take credit, and no one will notice. <laughs> That's why I put that in there. Right. Yeah, and there's there's just so much, so much poss- so many possibilities. When you're dealing with a loose can like Stephen See, I Moffitt. want him to go back and I yeah. want to see the Paul McGann. I do, too. Oh, we're dying to see him again. Well, yes. and, and that's the thing that I find, uh, I think, I don't know if we mentioned on the podcast, we certainly talked about it at Bacon, is it's unfair that McGann still looks close enough to what he did on yeah. Fox that you could get away with showing him again. And I'm really, I feel badly that he's not on the 50th anniversary. Yeah, 15, 20 well, minutes. And we don't, I mean... It's still possible that he'll show up and regenerate into John Hurt. Yeah. He that was. In, he was. They didn't have footage of him in the. Uh, no, that was they, they, it. Was a double. Oh, was they it never double? showed him from the front. They what? had him just running around. They just had somebody else. They didn't even hire him for the series. Really? Yeah, well, I, I, no. I thought that was all st- footage from previous. Well, yeah, if they used footage, episodes. yes, but no, not when he was. There's a running thing that. Yeah, pretty pretty much I'll everybody, watch pretty it. much all the doctors in that, except for I guess William Hartnell, who was actually dead. Uh, no. Well, <laughs> who, who actually smoked during the thing? I mean, it was all well. Okay, we saw John Pertwee, I guess, and there was footage yeah. spliced in from Pat Troughton. So, but all the ones that were just kind of running in other settings, I think, were all doubles. Yeah, really, they were yeah. they were faking the footage. So, yeah. oh, I just thought they'd gone I mean, through no, however many. Yeah. No, I'm disappointed. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, and I guess one of the things is, despite despite putting in all the different faces as as Moffat has done, is there is still a feeling of this to some people. This is a separate series. Yeah, and Moffat may not want to be reaching back to something that, that predates his time. So, but they've already reached back on a number of occasions to show the faces. No, that's what I just said. They have brought those, but they haven't. But they don't really. You're saying he doesn't want to actually but revisit to, to those revisit, characters. You know, I mean, you know, there are plenty you can't. You you can't obviously. Tom Baker as a very old bloated doctor would be. Um, hmm. Interesting. Okay, let's revisit that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think the only one you could well, you that's could why pull I love. Off. That's why I love watching Little Britain, hearing his narrations. Yeah. You <laughs> so, could pull it off with McGann, and you could. Kind yes. of pull it off with McCoy, McCoy but that's yeah, pretty yeah. much it. Yeah. You saw him at Gallifrey; he could do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was amazing at Gallifrey. He was such a fantastic yeah. guest. Yeah, I mean, he's right. riveting. You know, yeah, hilarious. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? I really wish that this is, that his announcement had been in January, so that everyone at Gallifrey could have done the uh, discussion because there are so many people I know who would have been. Right on top of it. And well, why, if you'd made the announcement in January at Gallifrey, 
that hotel would have sunk into the earth. With <laughs> 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 no, no, it's got it's better to let it be dispersed globally and keep, <laughs> and wow. keep, keep yes. the conversations in little pods rather than one big overload. So everyone, uh, everyone talks about actors. Yes. Everyone talks about who is it going to be. So uh, you've, you've kind of touched on the subject, I guess, of, of what the new Doctor should be like. Yes. And you mentioned possibly older. Uh, what else? What else would we want to see? I think, I, personally, I think a little more serious. Would be nice, particularly if it's someone. If if it's more traditional, they're paired up with Jenna Louise. She's kind of carrying this sort of Matt Smith, you know, yeah. flightiness sort of yeah, mercurial yeah. quality. Then probably somebody a little bit more uh, stable and a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, professorial. Maybe maybe that's the way we're going. Yeah, I think she would be. If if we go back to Doctor Type, I, she would have been a perfect foil for uh, Pertwee. Okay. Yeah, yeah I can okay. see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, someone yeah. there, there I, are, I think, a lot of people on the, the staff right now who are uh, very into the Pertwee era. You know, we have, you know, Kate Stewart coming in. We have Unit, you know, recurring. We yeah, I'd like the, to find a way to bring that back. Gatiss yeah. loves Pertwee, I think, uh, yeah. is my impression. And Hinchcliffe, Era Baker, but then who doesn't? So, yeah. uh, so there's all of those elements, I think, in the favor of there being more of a Pertwee-ish doctor possibly in the next the next go-round, which I think would be fantastic. That'd be awesome. Well, they go, they, they go one of two ways. One, they go to an older doctor, and they they go more quirk, uh, a different set of quirks, and they go back to the formula of this is a doctor who, you know, pays, plays the pan flute or whatever. Right. And the, Or they go to a younger doctor still, and they recognize that they're on a progression, and this becomes one of the overarching things like heat of time. Where it's like, why? Why do I keep getting younger? And is this a problem? And what's my next regeneration going to be? And mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, because I do have to say, we do know they do not age backwards because we because back at the end of the master the first time around uh, for the revived, is we saw the doctor and the master as children, right on Gallifrey, right. right. So, uh, so that was implanted. At, I can't remember the name of the episode, but the end of Tennant's second season. So um, maybe the art, in the, maybe it's like a bell curve. Yeah. Well, we went. We also went from Davison to Baker to McCoy, which I think went they older. were. I think it was older to older. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, certainly appearance-wise, I would say. Appearance-wise, yes. I think actually yeah. the youngest of them is ba- uh, Baker too. No, I th- is McCoy younger than Baker too? I thought Davison was the youngest. I think Davison is the, the youngest. youngest of those three. I don't know who's older, Colin Baker or uh, Sylvester McCoy. Uh, Colin Baker sure. has aged worse. Oh, unfortunately, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's a tough call. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, certainly hasn't been a hard and fast rule. But there's no such thing as a hard and fast rule in Doctor Who. So they might be starting to impose something like that for yeah. sure. We'll that would see. be interesting. Well, uh, for you and uh, our fellow comedy sportsers, you have to go lead a workshop. I so, do. Yes. So it's seven twenty-four. In real time, not for if you're listening at home, you don't have to you know time with our Set time. Set your watches, fanboys. <laughs> Fanboy planet people time. Are, people is are utterly confused. Seven twenty-four p.m. Uh, people living in their own time and space. So we thank you, Drew, for sitting in with us tonight. I'm so glad you could come down. I've been trying to get you down for a while. So this is uh, not emotionally, but physically on the podcast. <laughs> I enjoy revving. So great. Well, glad thank you, you very much for having focus. me, and I hope to come again. All right. Thank you. One more thing about Doctor Who. After yeah. you go. Um. <laughs> he doesn't want to start an argument. What I really want to see—this is how he wins them. He waits till you leave the room, <laughs> and then he yeah. says it. <laughs> what I really want to see now, though, 
is I want to see awesome. I want to see new big finish stuff to start to deal with the new doctors. And I think that that will be the thing I'm really interested in. Okay. The new audio. Okay. Cuz they're already doing new books for I think all of them, aren't they? I haven't. I, I haven't gotten into Big Finish anyway. Oh, no. Uh, all all 11 Doctors got a treatment in a collection mm-hmm. of books that came out. I have I have, uh, I have books for all three. Okay, so. Yeah. But I really no, all 11 of them were reprinted by... Um, no, no, no. I know, but I'm yeah. saying I, I don't know. I, say I have books. I have novels of all three. Right. They've the all doctors. done they've done hardback and, and paperback yes. novelizations for all three of the Doctors. And if you're not listening to the Big Finish audio productions, you are missing out... In particular, the Lightfoot and Jago. Uh, Dude, I barely stories. have. To, I, I hear great things about this, honestly. But I, I and what's what's I the can't woman? keep up with the podcast, even our own. Really? There's a female who may oh, or was, may not be a. Time oh, it was Lord. mentioned. Yeah. Um, uh, it's voiced by Joe. By yes. Joe, by the actress yeah. who plays Joe Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it came up at. Pagan. It was in the last episode. Yeah. No, it was it was at, it was at Baycon. Right, last episode, Baycon. No, I think it was at the panel about Doctor Who versus James Bond. I don't think it was on the podcast. Darn, damn it! <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and swear like a man. Damn it! Hey, uh, <laughs> hey! If you happen to know, send a message to. All right, but uh, and now that now that Drew's left, I don't think he watches the Venture Brothers. Yeah! Excellent. I know this one. Much, I think we can just kind of wrap up and say, "Here's the news we're going to say in three minutes." No, because no, I have to say. So, did you go back and download the four-minute synopsis of the first four seasons? No, I did not. It is masterful. All right. It is Gary at his computer doing a video blog about oh, Adventure Brothers funny. and the Monarch, and going through the, the whole monarch. four seasons talking about it all the time. His mom is calling him down for dinner. <laughs> All right, I have to find that. And it's yeah. What's amazing? Is it on Adult Swim's uh, website? It's on iTunes. It's a free download of iTunes, along with the season uh, promo and the first episode. All available free on iTunes. Okay. Well, I have the first. I mean, I have the, the DVDs somewhere of sure. the uh, first two seasons. But but this is the first. The first episode of the fifth season is available for download, along with oh. the synopsis. Well, I have it recorded. I'm fine. I, okay. Yeah. But the synopsis is so amazing because. You do these things for people who don't know the episode, don't know the stuff ahead of time. But as you're watching this, having watched the first four seasons, you're that's, going, that's you're going, how, yeah, 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 and you're, and you're thinking about somebody who hasn't watched them. You're going, mind blown with these two, mind blown with these two years, essential two year absence. You had the Halloween special and you had the uh, rock documentary, right? Of Stale uh, 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 Gravy or whatever uh, they, yeah. Uh, Twisted Gravy. So the, I can't remember. Damn it. Um, watching it Sunday night, what this is a weird thing, made me want to now at Comic-Con, people will take advantage of me on this, I, I feel like I have to go back and get the Mego figures yes. that I didn't buy. And I didn't. And I only have a couple. So, like, I have I have Dr. Orpheus. I have Orpheus. And I have Agent the Dead One. Um, right. 23. 23, the dead one. So I, I, so I have that, and I have uh, the Phantom Limb. Right. And so... Um, you I like, gave me a Phantom Limb. And I gave you a Phantom Limb, yeah. yeah. So um, so I have those those three, and it's like, I don't really have room. I, I, I don't need them, but I, I watched it, and I felt like, 
I do. I, I, I need a Brock need Samson. I need all the Venger Brothers. I need to play I with them. Doctor Girlfriend. You need a Mrs. The Doctor. And Mrs. Girlfriend. The Doctor. Oh, my God. And I've seen it. Adult Swim showed like that, that clip with the Drago Drago confusion. That was great. <laughs> but, so when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> and, it, it, and, it, and it was funny. You're a bum. But we have a bum. You're a bum. Not now. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it was just the perfect... Put it over the edge, and then everything, and then the whole uh, soiling green, soiling green callback, <laughs> student yeah. green, and and I and I recognize Aziz Ansari, which is my only disappointment is now that guy is like, like because I did not know Aziz Ansari from Human Giant. The mm-hmm. first thing I ever saw him on was when he was in Scrubs, yeah, and he was that annoying character on Scrubs, and that's like his go-to. And so as soon as that character opened his mouth on Venture Brothers, I went, oh, it's Aziz Ansari because he's played that character in everything other than Parks and Rec. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, uh. But I really like that Kate McKinnon is on. Uh, oh, really? She was the she was most of the female characters on uh, on this Sunday's episode. I did not. Know so that. Uh, yeah, I, I watched. I went back and watched all the credits, and yeah, she great. did a lot of them. You great. know who I missed though? I missed Orpheus. Yeah, yeah, Orpheus but, wasn't in it. But, but, but you know the thing is, this is so many other people were without yeah. throw, without throwing out spoilers. The Venture Brothers has become almost as sprawling as Game of Thrones. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> and so I'm sorry, I too miss Doctor Orpheus. But that's why you had the Halloween special. And I love the part where it said, in between these commercial breaks, the Halloween special fits. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I was mad because Comcast didn't have, like, because Rick texted me and goes, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm getting in the mood by watching uh, Operation Prom. By op- watching Operation Prom. And I went, ooh, it must be on demand. Why, no, it's not. So I, I, I settled it by catching up on Game of Thrones. Last season, so don't say anything. I'll, by next next week, I'll be caught up. I can talk about Game of Thrones, but good, you know, good. but it's my goal this week. Because next week we're going to have to talk about. I know Game we're going to have to, but this week we cannot. Um, so you know, but but I was thinking it is just so sprawling, and I, and I'm mad about. I, yeah, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed that that you dismiss Brock so soon. But that. Makes but he was sense. in it. I but mean, he was you in did it. Get but, to see him. But I gotta go. I gotta do this. You know. And it's clear that they're laying the groundwork for more, things things yeah. with him. But that's it. It's like. What and it's just what I felt about Operation Prom. I was thinking if Operation about Prom had been the end, I would have been satisfied. Exactly. But the thing that gets me with the Venture Brothers is, just like in a strange way, it works with community, and people miss this too often. In a good, in a truly good comedy, I get the tragedy of every character, and I care about them. Yeah. I want Dean to somehow stop being an idiot and score. I, you know, I want Hank to stop being a jerk. I. Doc Venture will I'm not, never I'm change. not worried about Hank anymore. Hank is Hank's Hank got, is Hank's funny. found his place. Hank's found his place. But Doc Venture is like when when Billy Quizboy is like, <laughs> Doc, you even sold. You know, <laughs> it was just like, and I love that he has an arch arch nemesis. Yes, and I have to admit, I love the AV Club's re, re, review of it because they said his arch nemesis drives Tim Burton's Batmobile <laughs> because. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that yeah, is. I mean, yeah, yeah. If I was super rich and a geek. I would totally buy that Batmobile. <laughs> yes, and that that showdown. That showdown was, was awesome. Great. <laughs> I, love, I mean, but there it's like I, I flash back to Magnolia. That that's how yes! this character is. That that character has is clearly far more successful in real life, in real life, quote unquote, mm. than Billy Quizboy. 
But he's stuck on that moment <laughs> yes. and has a recreation yes. of the set, waiting to lure him into his house, and then that makes into sense. his mansion in the universe. <laughs> Chris of, Boy lives in a trailer, <laughs> and then and it makes sense, and there's reasons for that. Yeah, and then he lives, you know, that in the sense in the in the Venture Brothers universe that makes sense is just like have you have you and spent I love the, the doctors in the doctors oh the doctors in. yes and were you flashing a lost with that too with no, the, I didn't watch lost oh, you didn't watch lost I'm past this with, like guys with, with the, no with the we'll never watch lost with the uh, the the videos that they saw on lost <laughs> it reminded me terribly of, of well, I'm that I'm sure yeah. they were doing it I, you yeah. know that's a, there's no I mean the thing I, I think we could say at this point with people listening if you're into Venture Brothers the spoiler where they have Sergeant Hatred tied up, and it's like, there's a myth. He goes, You've only been in here three months, and you've already got them, got legends? He goes, You locked up, you took all the nerds. <laughs> it doesn't take long for a mythology to grow up. And it's like, and then when you have the, the, the Luther sin, the, the sins on there, and I'm going, and, and oh, yeah, the, the, I think the sad the thing nailed is. Nailed to the front of the. But I don't think it was an orange suit. And that was the thing, it's like, nobody comments on. It's written on human skin. Yes, <laughs> they take that for granted. I was just like, but it did. It did give me a line. I am now going to use for the rest of my life. Anytime I get a microphone, which is, is you are the instruments of my brilliance. <laughs> you will never be on this podcast yeah. again. Uh, okay. So anyway, uh, so happy to have that show back. Yeah. What and a great first episode. Great first episode. Of season it is, V. It is weird to say. I mean, that is honestly. Got That's got to be like my favorite show of the last twenty. Have you spent years. the time with the CDs to uh, the DVDs to want to listen to the second audio track? No, track? I'm going to do that. Oh, now. they do such a great job of because explaining. I, I want to say our good friends Doc Hammer and Jackson Public, who we know personally, who we, who we know personally, your dear close personal friends. We've talked to them we've by talked a to them. We, are, we are friends on Facebook, <gasps> and not only that, I actually last year at Comic Con it was a weird moment because I thought they probably don't really know me. But I was standing at the uh, Earth Asylum, or what it was, the Entertainment Earth. The, right, yeah. 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 And and I was looking at the prototypes for the next toys. Or maybe this was even two two years ago. But I was looking at the prototypes for the toys, and then I turned to my and I and I was kind of pointing them out, and and I turned to my left, and somebody else pointing them out to each other, and it's Doc it's and Jackson. Doc and Jackson. Hey guys, how you doing? And we just stopped and had a little conversation. I'm like, they really probably don't remember me, but. If it's good enough for Garcia, it's good enough for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, if I'd been there, then they would have remembered us. Yeah, totally. It's not always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, that was a good interview. Yeah, no, it was good. But yeah. I just wanted to see it. All right. Okay. So, uh, anyway, let's get into comics a little bit. We just want to... Uh, we'll, we'll go fast. I mean, the big... The snits. Should we go for the snits first? I love snits. The snits. Pan fried with a little. So let's talk about Dynamite Comics, which, which is a publisher we've talked about. We really kind of enjoy, though. Sometimes they do a little underhanded. Yeah. But you know what? Every damn publisher is doing something a little underhanded, so I can't. Uh, you know, really? Pretty much. There's something. Boom. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> Dynamite? I, I love the people. We're mentioning Dynamite right now. Oh. Yeah. Well, way to, way to Garcia it. Uh, well played. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll talk about this later. But, um, yeah, you know, and I like all these guys. I'm just saying you just kind of have to go, this is the way the game is played, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, uh, Dynamite is coming up with a new version of Zorro in Masks, oh, who is a character, you know, who's now a Zorro in the 30s because they'd killed Zorro in the Lone Ranger book. 
Uh, but the reviving Lady Rawhide, which the Zorro Corporation, I didn't know Zorro had a corporation, but it does, uh, had kind of in Topps Comics, Don McGregor had, yeah. co- had co-created with, I think the artist was Mike Mayhew. Yes, um, he was. Uh, Lady Rawhide. And so there was a big snit when they announced that Lady Rawhide is coming back, and Don McGregor said, well, I haven't heard anything, I haven't got any money. And so Nick Barucci, who is the president of Dynamite, was like, well, we haven't sold the book yet, so of course we, you know, you don't actually own the character, but we would have given you credit, and there was some confusion, and I, I like this, that they actually, we can't do this in Congress, but in comics, the creator and Nick Barucci and publisher actually talked it out and apologized to each other and said, yeah, we both kind of j- jumped wow. off the handle, and everything's cool now, um, which is like... Well, that's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah. Now, did, did Dynamite pick up all of DC's old titles? Or all of... Uh, not DC. <laughs> all of... Uh, that was Tops. the next rumor. Topps' old titles. Yeah. Because that was... They did a Jack Kirby book, so it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think... I, I did, the thing is, everything that Topps did was... Was essentially licensed. Yeah. So like, it, it's not that Dynamite is picking up Tops. It's just looking around and seeing mm-hmm. what properties time are out there. When you're doing Lone Ranger, it makes sense to throw Zorro in because you would have a crossover, which they did. Yeah. Um, and then they've got a lot of pulp characters, so that's why you've got masks, which mm-hmm. with Green Hornet and the Shadow, and uh, and the, now Zorro is brought. Has, a new Zorro has been brought into right. that level. Black yeah. Bat, mm-hmm. uh, Miss Fury. Uh, so. Uh, they, They're doing mystery books. Did they yeah. did they buy Mike Danger? No, no. My all time favorite. Love no. that comic. But uh, you know, so I, I think they're just kind of picking and choosing, like you know, okay. and 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 where they've where they've skirted things is the Edgar Rice Burroughs Foundation is uh, corporation is not happy with them because they have found ways to publish Tarzan and John Carter books mm-hmm. in the pub the, using only the public domain material. Oh, interesting. So, like Tarzan of the Apes is in the public domain, mm-hmm. but you can't publish a book called Tarzan without ERB's uh, approval, so it's called Lord of the Jungle. Uh, and right. John Carter, their book is called Warlord of Mars. And then there's a spin-off, Deja Thoris, hmm. comma, Princess of Mars. Nice. You know, so it's, it's like, it's, they're, so, yeah. when really, and, and Marvel's a little pissed because they were trying to do a John Carter revival with the movie, because, you know, and th- right now, legally, they were the people that had the right to, right. as far as the ERB, you know, was concerned. So it's just kind of, it's confusing. But, you know, like I said, I think it's kind of just the way the game is played. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's why you have, instead of a $6 million man book, they do have the Bionic Man. Because they licensed oh. the rights to Kevin Smith's screenplay. Mm-hmm. And so they adapted that. And so now they've got, they're spinning off with a Bionic Man series and a... And a bionic woman, which is somehow okay, but you can't call him the six million dollar man. But he's still Steve Austin because really? they, okay. they just they just finished up a miniseries with Keith Champagne wrote. So I, I was reading oh, Keith, nice. Keith's uh, miniseries. Uh, other snits: James Robinson has left Earth Two, the book uh, he's going to finish because there's it's uh, apparently uh, allegedly one of the theories is that Earth Two is one of the few of the new Fifty Two books that one is not Batman or Green Lantern. That is actually doing really well. Are you reading it still? Oh yeah, I, I'm behind like four issues. It's still, it, it's still. I read it out of sympathy for they. They brought in characters that were so screwed up in in the old continuity anyway. Yeah. That you you introduced a new Doctor Fate. I'm happy there's a new Doctor Fate, you know, and that there's a consistency to him. I'm still not. I 
having a green having a redone Green Lantern and a redone Hot Girl, and there's still inconsistencies, as they've said, as it was very clear. If we may get geeky for a moment, Let's. sorry, I mean you know on this podcast, yeah, that it was very clear you know, that on Earth to the Batman, the Wonder Woman, and the Superman were all older than the ones that were in right. But in Earth Two, the book they have made reference to, it's only been five years since they have had wonders, which doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. And they need to, they need. To, I think that's an editorial screw up. Somebody stepped in and went, "Oh, we got to change this because it's only been five years since the Justice League has been together." And it's like, no. But the whole point of Earth Two, you intern out of college who didn't read old Any comics, mm-hmm. you know, um, is that they're supposed to be. Uh, the older versions. Right. So I have not read yet. Last week there was an annual for Earth Two that had a new Batman. Yeah, but maybe so, we'll clean that up because of the new Batman. Because there's a new su- so there's success. Well, they you know they they made that point because the Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman all died right five years ago in in that continuity. But anyway, that's very successful. So it's successful enough they were going to do a spin-off book of Earth. So there'd be two titles, and they did not ask James Robinson to write the second one, and yet he feels and. Uh, I think rightfully, it's a success because it's James Robinson. Did did the uh, has the annual come out yet? Yeah, it came out last week. I just, I just haven't. Oh, read I it missed yet. it. I, I, yeah. I did see the pictures ahead of time, and I saw. Have you read it? You read? No, it? I just said I hadn't read it. So I was looking at the picture, and I was thinking Batman with red eyes, and I instantly thought about Terry McGinnis. Yeah, it could be there, and they played with the Batman Beyond armor in the regular Batman book yeah. too. But the other thing I thought, because you can do this on Infinity. Uh, or sorry, on, on Injustice, uh-huh. is you can play the uh, Flashpoint Batman. He's very popular, the Thomas Wayne version with right. the red eyes and the red bat symbol. Right. Oh, yeah. And so that's a way to sort of bring that uh, a similar version visually into comics because it's very popular in the game. Have you been following up on the press releases for Infinite Crisis? I have, but because I'm not, we're not in the beta. I right. don't really understand how that game is going to work yet. I don't either, other than it looks like a champion style game, but it looks like a champion style game where you're going to pick an archetype to play. Okay, but I, champions like champions like uh, City of Heroes, like all the oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well, how's that different from DC Universe superheroes? It's a just, it's a different universe. And they've got the the characters like the uh, the Butcher Joker and the uh, the uh, oh okay well the all right Vampire Batman and yeah no I see it's yeah. very it's a, it's a multiverse which I don't know why the regular DC superheroes didn't do that yeah it, because um, it gives you all these additional characters you can which I love in Justice you can do that skin um, you know I, I downloaded the Joker pack so I have the uh, I can play as the Red Hood I can play as uh, the Joker I can play the as original the original Red Hood. Yes, yeah. I can play as the Joker, as they call it, tourist Joker, the one that shot Barbara Gordon. Ah, uh, and so in uh, the, it's very the, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. yeah. So with a camera. Yeah. And and the shirt is open and it's just white skin. It's just like it. Yeah. Um, interesting game. Still it's all fa- zinc oxide. Still fascinated by the game because the other thing is, say each time you if you there's a challenge round of fighting ten characters, and the last one is always Superman to fight the evil Superman. And at the end, they tell you a different fate. For whichever character you've played, if they win, this is what happens as a result of their victory in that world. 
and they show that out. So, like, you know, Lobo has a, a pretty predictable one. Um, but, you know... See, the, I just want to see all the videos. I really don't want to go through all the fighting. Yeah, but they're not... They're, yeah, they're not fully animated. They're just kind of like that, you know... Yeah. Their, their layers kind of moving and stuff while the narration goes on. But it's interesting. And the fighting is kind of fun. I've gotten actually strangely good at it. Um, I'm feeling not so lame at this game. Strange. I know. I'm feeling not so lame at this game. Um... But it's interesting because there are a lot of, and there's a lot of more uh, downloadable characters coming in. Yeah. You know, so Batgirl came in. Um, they're introducing Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Really? Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's the same studios, Nether Realms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that was the, which I'm disappointed by because they're very clearly in the background of the game are other characters that are not yet playable. So okay. Martian Manhunter's floating around there. So the Adam like is the Adam is of yeah, characters. Yeah. Well, like you fight in the satellite, and Martian Manhunter's floating in the background. And when you uh. when you win, he comes forward and like approves and nods. The Adam has his back to you the whole time in Star Labs and is working on something and ignores the fight going on behind him. There is a, a layer where they have a, a whole bunch of statues, like it's a public park, and there's a statue of Hawkman who's not in the game. Mr. Miracle, Big Barda, Orion, and, I, and there's another one to the left that Luke saw and identified, and I didn't really notice it until after he'd said that, that if you go far to the left, there's another one. And Adam Smasher and Vixen are fighting oh, wow. in the background of that same level. And so it's like all these characters are like, oh, it's going deep. I'd love to see those characters. Don't right. give me the stupid right. Mortal Kombat character. Right. Give me the... A version of you think they're they're going to Mortal Kombat because it's not being as successful as they thought it was going to be. They're no, I think it's very players? successful. Uh, is it? No, you jeez, uh, you go to a video store right now, you cannot find that game. Really? All, and all the cheat guides are gone. Uh, they are, yeah, yeah. It, Injustice has been very successful and okay. continues to be worldwide. The top twenty selling digital books worldwide are the Injustice, Gods Among Us. They're up to issue like six. Five? Well, that's in that's in the hard in printing. The hard, hard printing. But each one of those is three digital issues. So okay. they've had 18, 19, 18? 20 okay. issues. So um, and then they've got an event coming. We're going to have in a few months that all the in September all the DC books going to be replaced by villain books. Yeah. And we have Forever Evil uh, is the is the event name. And Are they going to three D covers one for one replace the hero books? Yes. And so another gimmicky thing, but yeah. uh, but they'll have. They've 3D, done that before. Yeah, they have three D uh, really? issues, yeah. and it, and it is launching in Justice League of America number four, which we want. I wanted to talk about because last week there was some only in only in the nerd news world was there outrage that Catwoman got blue beetled. Yeah. In the mainstream media, and this is why I say people relax. She's not dead. If she was dead, the mainstream media would have pointed would have paid attention to it because someone would have sent them a press release. Right. This was instead meant to be a total shock, a total surprise, and completely undone within two, uh, two or three issues. Sure, but because everybody's upset. Ev- right, because every- and everybody's upset that that you killed a, uh, a woman, and I don't want to get into trouble here because uh, the death of any character pisses me off equally. Yes, when it's just done arbitrarily, surprisingly, and yet here's the thing: if you're going to send, is Andy Rooney now? That's right. Uh, if I may speak in the bacon rhythm, no, I don't want to turn those people against me. Um, here's the thing. Too late. All right then. If <laughs> you are to no, if, if a character is put undercover in a group of psychotic villains because they right. think it was a new secret society, right? They catch her snooping, right? The reality is they're psychotic and homicidal. Whether it's a he or a she, you pit, you put in undercover, and honestly, Catwoman. 
in terms of the heroes, makes perfect sense to be the person you turn in undercover because the public at large she's doesn't know that you know that she is sort of in the you know she's a, yeah she's a crook. So uh, you catch her. You have laid a trap for the Justice League. You're not going to pussyfoot around and monologue in 2013. You're going to kill that spy. Right. So I thought from the villain's point of view, story-wise, it made sense. It didn't make me happy that they did it, that they right. wrote it, but it made sense. But again, because of the lack of outside publicity, she's not dead. Now, <laughs> so uh, I couldn't get outraged. Right. Now, but it was graphic, and they showed the blood like on the floor. And I went, But again, it was exactly what happened to Blue Beetle. Years ago, to get into Infinite Crisis, mm-hmm. it's even shot for shot. It's just different characters, but it's shot for shot. What happened between Max Lord and Blue Beetle? It's it was a real visceral panel. Yes, and that whole page. I I didn't read the whole thing. I saw the uh, I think it's about three total pages. Uh huh. And to me, if a character goes out like that, that's perfectly acceptable because that is what comics need right now is that dose of reality every once in a while to remind you that there's something out there that could be... Well, that there are consequences. You yeah. can no longer play with villains, unfortunately. Now, mm-hmm. again, not going to show my kid that book. Yeah, well, yeah. No. But again, let me once again say parenting, people. Parenting <laughs> is a good thing. And there's plenty of literature out there, for comics literature, for these kids to read. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, it was visceral. I understand mm-hmm. people... But, but it, I don't think that the problem is that it was... Catwoman, mm-hmm. I think it's that it's gross, and it's but it is logical that the villains who are established again as homicidal mm-hmm. are going to do that. But how can you find a way to undo that? Well, one solution this is just is it's the doctor. Uh, she's a <laughs> time lord. No, uh, that it could be the Martian Manhunter. Okay, playing dead. And there's no, and there's nothing really in that issue that says one way or the other that it couldn't be. I doubt that, but that's mm-hmm. one, but that's one potential solution. Okay. Um, uh, so I'll I'll stand with that. I don't know how else, but this is one of those cases where look, one thing I do know Jeff Johns is able to do mm-hmm. is write himself out of any ridiculous situation <laughs> he's put himself that's into. True. Good point. And I'll give him eighty percent of the time, it's pretty clever, and I buy it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are twists and turns to bring Hal Jordan back to life way back when. And I did not think of those things. But once I read them, I went, okay, I'll buy it. I had no idea you retconned. You added things in, but all right. I did read the last issue of Green Lantern, and it was a masterful issue. It was. It was. No, and no doubt. I mean, it's... And Hal's dead. He's he's one of the the Black Black Lantern. Well, no, no, he's back. He's right. No, he was yeah. in that book. He yeah. was a Black Lantern, which was one of the was one of the prophecies that the Black Hand hated. You know, right. as I say, no matter what else happens to Jeff Johns' legacy, and I've said I said this over a year ago, Green Lantern is going to stand as like his fourth world. And I'll I'll say, and I know this is heresy to say it, and it'll stand as a hell of a lot more readable than fourth world actually is. We love the concepts of Kirby. It's a ridiculous, unreadable book. My present to you is I won't argue that. <laughs> no, I mean all the things in quotes. I mean, because Kirby was in the 70s and he was trying to be hip, and I get that. And his concepts were brilliant. But, but, but Johns has contributed this epic. And 
it it stands well on its own. Where I feel it's weakened is that all the spin-off books, and I read some of the epilogues, I'm like, why am I reading these other epilogues? When really, the guy telling the story, the guy this story mattered to, was Jeff Johns, and it was in Green Lantern. And I don't care what... It could have all been told in the core, because everything that was important in there was in Green Lantern. I never gave a second thought to reading any of the books. I read books. some of the others, they were interesting, and the thing that was driving me crazy was I totally forgot who Volthoom was. And oh. now I know who he is, and I read online and went, oh, duh, I, that's where I'd seen the name before. Volthoom is who gave Power Ring in the crime syndicate, syndicate his ring back in 1961, when the crime syndicate first appeared. Mm-hmm. So that apparently at the end, Volthoom goes off and they say something, the ring has gone into Earth 3. So, you know, he's even pulled full circle in time. Right. So... I, you know, look, we've said bad things about Jeff Johns. We've praised Jeff Johns. We've bitched about him. That well, the only it. thing wrong with that book is all is all the the love letters that are interspersed in between, which I wouldn't have had a problem if they were all in the back. They were badly I, paced. I didn't need to see them. They were as I was they were breaking the up the flow of the story because yeah. I was very uh, and that was a marketing thing that it was a bad decision. I don't think Jeff Johns had anything to do with yeah. that. Um, but that but that's it. No matter what is I, I say I. You can't assail this run. Just like you can't, his first round on Flash was great. His, his Justice Society, his JSA stuff was great, and Stars and Stripe were great. So this is, say, I, and Aquaman's pretty good. And the proof last week in Aquaman, the others, characters that were, were uh, throwaways, somebody, John Ostrander came in. Again, talk about an, damn it, an underused writer. I know he's, he's older. But John Ostrander did a fill-in issue of Aquaman last week. I don't know if you bought it because I can't remember no, if you're still buying it. With Aquaman just kind of steps in, gathers the survivors of his previous team, the others, and says, uh, I've got a mission you've got to do because people, I can't be seen having to do anything with this and Justice League can't, can't be involved and blah, blah, blah. So the whole issue is turned over to the others. And these are characters we knew nothing, of, we knew very little about. Jeff Johns had kind of introduced them vaguely. Ostrander made me give a damn about every single one of them and then introduced a potential new member to that. And this is why I say, when you don't have an arc, when you've got a writer who, is, who can totally make you buy into these characters, and this is what too much of the DC New 52 line isn't doing, right? is I suddenly said, yeah, I think I'd buy an other's book. Right. And if you put John Ostrander on it, I'd definitely buy it. Because you, because he made the characters feel real with a lot of mystery that I want to find out about. Now Jeff Johns planted those seeds, but also pulled it through. But again, you know, so, so I want to ask you how you felt about this is a surprise because how surprise. did you feel about the end of Rot World with uh, Animal Man and, and Swamp Thing? Brilliant. You thought so? They're horror books. Yeah. Of course, they're going to end in tragedy, and that. That Swamp Thing and Abigail Arcane, who all for decades have been that weird Beauty and the Beast, that magnificent romance, and now it has that tragic tinge of they can never touch again, was, and what I thought, I'm going to give Scott Snyder props. Okay, Okay, and here's why because the one thing that Scott Snyder's done that I don't think he had to do, but what I realized was, was really clever is nothing he wrote. Invalidates anything, anything Alan Moore before. did. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Have yeah. you have you read it? No. I okay. Read any so of it. so you realize that what Alan Moore did to switch things was all along, 
that Swamp Thing was a plant who thought he was the man Alec Holland. Yeah. So where Jeff Johns turned Swamp Thing over to Scott Snyder mm-hmm. is you've revived Alec Holland. So now Alec Holland himself is the man who the Parliament of Trees said, you're going to have to take on the mantle of Swamp, Swamp Thing. Thing. Wow. Yeah. So he was revived. All that old, old Swamp Thing stuff happened, and now he is the man who has to start so thinking he like a plant. actually is wow. Alec Holland as, yeah. So he, and, and wow. It, and it, it was the only possible twist that almost tops what Alan Moore did as an idea. That, that like, no, that was the previous Swamp Thing. That all stands. That was actually a different character. See, you and went, this you, is a new character. You went to the better core part of that story, and I was thinking more about the Rot World War that went on, which I just thought was a mess. Oh, I thought the, the, and, the war was a mess. Yeah. The ending... I thought was okay. was good. All right, and the and the other thing is over Jeff Lemire doing an Animal Man. Um, I was the loss of Buddy's son was just it was the first time in a superhero comic book when you've killed a kid where I've said no because yeah. of the nature of this book that price makes sense. I'm not happy about it, but it's not like when Leanne was right, killed with right. Green Arrow, his granddaughter. You know, it's like you don't understand. But in this case, it's like, yeah, this is horror. This is yeah. not superhero story. This is like reading Stephen King. Even though Stephen King has gone back and said, like, if he was right, Cujo today, he wouldn't have killed the kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But sorry, spoiler for thirty-year-old uh, yeah. uh, Saint Bernard novel uh, and movie and movie. No, he lives in the movie. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I know. yeah, yeah. Just so those people are confused. Yeah. Um, but I get that. But on the but on the flip side, reading that is like, oh, it is tragic. And of course, Buddy's life is gonna going to spin out of control. The next issue where they've talked about how Buddy is now nominated for an Academy Award is clearly written by somebody who thinks that, and he's probably right, that most of the country has no idea how movies and the Academy work. Um, you know, And it doesn't hold up into that excuse of why would you make a movie, a low-budget indie film about a guy who becomes a superhero in a world with no superheroes when you're in a world with, with superheroes, superheroes. <laughs> it's like one level of meta just a little too far. And yet I thought, now if you had actually written that screenplay, and it really was basically Hero at Large but really gritty, um, or Defendor with Woody Harrelson or, oh, wow. or Nunzio, you know, or many of the... And, and I am a sucker for those films. It's Blank Man. It's all that. And it's like, oh, God, Blank Man. I will watch those movies over and over. Any one of them. Any one of them will suck me in. Because I like that theme, and it makes sense. But but as far as uh, you know, it was an interesting continuation. So that's what I chose to take the better parts out of there. I thought Rot World went on too long, yeah. and a couple of issues. I think I may not have the re- whole I exploding feel, Batman Robin is uh, Rob, I, I still robot feel is, uh, like I have a missing bag somewhere in my room. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I'm pretty sure mystery I mystery of the missing bag. I bought Guardians of the Galaxy zero point one. And I know I haven't read it yet, <laughs> but I've read Guardians of the Galaxy 1, 2, 3 and really enjoyed it, which, my God, again, have you caught up on Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, yeah. Damn it, Bendis, you got me back. Yeah. You, I'm, because have you read Guardians of the Galaxy? I have not, but I hear they're making a movie of it. Yes, they are. And the, but the, but, the, but the, the setup for Guardians of the Galaxy is that Star-Lord's father says, You cannot go back to Earth. You cannot go back to Earth. We've declared Earth. You cannot set foot on Earth. We've declared Earth a no-fly zone. You know, it's basically we're going to keep it. There's been a there's been a detente 
universal detente no, on Earth. No, but he's full of bull. He's uh, full, full of, of crap. crap. Yeah. What he's done is set. What he was trying to do was set up Earth for destruction by telling by by getting the most warlike race and saying we've all agreed we won't attack Earth, right? I'm going to turn my back and leave this dollar on the coffee table. <laughs> and when I come back, if the dollar's gone, I won't ask any questions. Yeah. And, and of course, Star-Lord takes the Guardians back to Earth with Iron Man and then <laughs> fights off a Badoon invasion. And it's like, you've been set up! You know, but it's also... Because, of course, they're going to fight yeah. off the Badoon. Yeah. And then it's so also his father can get him back and arrest him and keep him in, the, in his empire. And it's like... Are you reading Nova, too? No, Nova is kind of nice. Nova's uh, not near. It doesn't have the uh, the same twisty stuff to it, but I'm enjoying that. And it's, it's, it, and it's adju- adjunct to the story. It's it's wrong of me, but it's not Richard Ryder. Yeah. And so you know, it's a younger Nova. It's, it feels a little bit too much like it's been influenced by the Saturday morning cartoon. All right. And I do want to mention uh, last thing in comics is that the big news this week is that The Walking Dead for Nate will will have. On the podcast next week. He called me tonight, and he says he promises he'll be back in town. Excellent. To be on the podcast next we week. We miss you, Nate. We do. Uh, Damn it, Nate Dog. Yeah. I miss you. Yes. Uh, he goes by that. Um, so that The Walking Dead is being translated into Spanish, because the show is doing very well in Spanish-language countries. So, Los, uh, los Muertos Vivantes. I understand there are luchadors in this one, too. No. No? Stop, Chris. I was going to say, what's his name's wearing a uh, an El Santo Rick mask. Grimes is wearing a lot. <laughs> Santo. Blue demon. I was looking to you to defend your heritage. I was but, playing to him. Yes. Well, here's the funny thing, actually. it The tradition of the zombie is so deeply ingrained, not only in Mexican culture, but in a lot of the Caribbean cultures oh, yeah. well, and Spanish now. culture. Right. Uh, Spanish culture has a huge long tradition, particularly of... Uh, vamp- of not only vampire but also zombie comics. Yeah, and I'm actually shocked that there's not been a Italian uh, translation of it yet because Italian zombie comics are huge to yeah. this day. Yeah, and I would think that The Walking Dead would be perfect for that market. Well, I think like the 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 be- most interesting thing I heard uh, I've read an interview with Guillermo del Toro. Really. Specifically, Guillermo del Toro. Not Benicio. No, not Benicio. We'll oh. talk about Benicio People a little later. People get those guys confused. Uh, one person, but you get a lot confused these days. It's That's okay. Right. Shh. Shitter. <laughs> uh, that uh, Guillermo del Toro said, to understand his work, you have to realize that for the, for the in Mexico, monsters are real. Yeah. There is no question. Monsters <laughs> are real. So... Um, I think it's it, that which influences his work, but it also just, and boy, it makes the culture more interesting. I think for everybody, monsters are real. It's just that some of us try to repress it and, and lie about it and run for Congress. And uh, so. I'm, I'm running for Congress. Damn, I knew it! <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, I'm actually going to run for school board in Santa Clara, but. Yeah, no but, joke. But what? Yeah. Did you just announce here? You weren't picking up these issues, were you? No, did you just. <laughs> what? Did you just announce on our podcast? No, he announced on I Facebook announced it on earlier, Facebook earlier. Uh, Sunday. No, I but didn't. Yes, I am actually running for school board, I've decided. I actually have to move because I am 50 feet outside of the district. Well, I, I saw that you were moving. I didn't yes. know why. Because so, yeah. I, I, I have several Facebook friends, and I can't figure out how to make the important ones show up on my news feed <laughs> <laughs> between my phone. Because Facebook keeps changing it. I can I can refresh and save the same articles, and then suddenly three will pop up in the middle. Exactly. Yeah. Like, 
You know, so I can't tell. But yeah. I hate you, Zuckerberg. But yes. Zuckerberg! <laughs> so Garcia for school board. Uh, oh, God. Okay. Um, and there comes that fig infusion back <laughs> up again. Uh, so let's go to movies a little bit. Fables is in development again. There's nothing more to say except they have a director attached, they have a screenwriter, and they have producers. Who's the director? Somebody I don't know. He no? directed something with Mads Mikkelsen. Oh. Called uh, A Royal Affair. Oh, really? Yes. Um, I know exactly who you're talking about. and I can't think of his name, but yeah. I know that that's the film. And it's like I remember seeing, seeing, that, seeing an ad for that film and thinking, mm. I think I would like to watch that film. Yes. But there's so many things I would like to watch. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think I'll take a nap. Yeah. Hey, do you know... I, I stayed awake through three episodes of Game of Thrones and Adventure Brothers. Wow. That's how screwed up my sleep schedule was and how much I pampered it over we the weekend. Screwed up or working finally at last? I, so let me say no, this about... I was sleeping very odd hours. About Bill Willingham and uh, my good friend Bill Willingham. Yeah, Okay, right. I know him. Uh, not well. Wow, this this must be... This is weird. I know. That you actually cop to the real status of the relationship. What's fascinating is... I don't think Fables can work as a movie. You I don't? I really don't. I think it could work as a TV series. I don't think it can work as a movie. No, no. I think you can make Legends in Exile. Okay. I think you can. I don't think you... I think you have to come up with some vague idea of of the adversary that kind of hunts in the background, but you can't make it... That's not the focus of it. You can't make it urgent for the first arc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, the, but nobody makes any movies without thinking there's a franchise involved. Right, right. So I think you can, you can, you know, and this is why I, I understand what you're saying about mm-hmm. you know saying I, I would rather see this. You're not going to see a TV series because you've got Once Upon a Time, you've got Once Upon a Time in Wonderland and Grimm and Grimm. So there's going to be three fairy tale based shows on television next year. Yeah. True. Okay. So you can't go there. But for all the, and this is why Vertigo is being slowly dismantled by Warner and trying to trying to be uh, you know taken advantage of is if you have a graphic novel tr- which we said with that about a preacher years ago is each graphic novel, each trade paperback is essentially when Your done right and Bill Willingham mm-hmm. did it right. Each one is a script for a, for a movie. Yeah. You've got a franchise potentiality. I mean, you know, the charming thing about that first movie is going to be all the discovery. Yeah. Of figuring yeah. out who's who. And, and I don't know we talked about that. There's also a Telltale Games uh, game of Bigby Wolf coming. Really? Very soon, I think it's called Once There Was a Wolf. Or mm-hmm. I saw the very, very, very uh, uh, early, early design sketches. I wasn't allowed mm-hmm. to talk about it. Telltale brought me into Comic-Con a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And... Um, a couple summers ago, I shouldn't say. I guess it has been a couple years ago because we're almost to Comic Con again. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, go figure. And, you know, and and so I I had seen some development mm-hmm. sketches, but you had to, we had to stay quiet about it because it's like they they were not ready to announce, but they have announced. So there will be okay. chapters about uh, Big B in World War Two. Oh wow! So um, cool. you know you know what I still want to see, and right. I know I never will is Jack of Fables. That's as a separate series? Yeah. That Jack was a good of, series. Jack of Fables requires too much setup. It does. It requires a lot of setup. And, but it's, and it's sputtered out. There's no... Really? Yeah. The the initial part of him running away with the money and filming... Was great. And was great. the film yeah, by the studio. That was awesome. That's but the part then, I actually got But to. it just kind of went, went down. Yeah, it, is, it, it ends so oddly. 
That but it, that first that first volume of Fables is a great story. You, know, you get you get all the you get the dark side of Prince Charming. You get the oh, rose yeah. red, the mm-hmm. sisters. Oh and, yeah, yeah. That's oh great. yeah. And are you used to doing it by trade paperback, right? Yeah. You're not. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh the late. I mean, the thing is that once once you think that story has come to end, there's a little bit of flailing around to find a continuation, and then he found it. And it's yeah. and it's like it's still it's just like he's found new things to go and then you're like is that really a fairy tale is that really a version and I mean it's interesting going into those different it makes me want to do like comparative mythology courses and find out what does Billy Willingham really know and what is he making up and then in the background when you went back to Oz and Buffkin yeah. <laughs> which is you'll get to, I think you'll get to a little later yeah Buffkin uh, there's a whole backup story line about him back in Oz and it's like. Damn it, you're good. You know, so I love I love that book. I, I, and nice. I think that's that's going to work well as a movie because you're going to do the big treatment. You're going to have that mm-hmm. whole block built out. You're going to have you know, nice. it's yeah, going to be huge. And you've got and you've got an anchor arc for a film of in that first one. Will they? Won't they? Yeah. Between Snow White and and Bigby, yeah. you know that yeah, that yeah. sexual tension is just rich. Yeah, yes. powerful, musky. All right, so uh, let's get to... Furry. (laughs) There'll be some yiffin'. So, uh, also, there's been a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy news. We were talking about the comic earlier, now we're going to talk about the movie. Wow, who could be mentioned to be in this film? Karen Gillan. Why, that's Amy Pond. Amy Pond. So the whole podcast is tied together by Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, They are the glue. This makes so much sense. It does, doesn't it? (laughs) Um, and she's an unnamed villain. We don't know who she is yet. And I'm trying to think who it could be. And the one thing that crossed my mind and nobody said, because nobody dares to speculate, because most people covering this aren't like the comics fans. Yeah. You know, like every article I read is, is like somebody be like, well, I don't really know anything, but, you know, uh, when Michael Rookers announces Yondu, I've heard that Yondu is this guy and all these articles are that thing. So, Moondragon. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I can't think of any other female character that could be potentially a villainess. It depends on how close they stay to the to the timelines. And But here's why I think she would make a good... Because I'm assuming they're not going to do the current storyline. No. But here's, they'll go back and do some of But the, here's what I think. You stuff. know you have Drax. Right. Moondragon is Moon Drax's Dragon daughter. Crest, yeah. It would make it. It would really make it even doubly if she had been corrupted by whatever the force is. Lee Pace's character. Yeah. <coughs> and that here's Drax. No matter what mental level they put him at, Moondragon's always been one that was been unpredictable. You never right. know where so you, what saying, her motivation saying, has been. In. For a press release in Hollywood Reporter, it's easy to say Karen Gillan is a villain. Will she shave her head? I'll be okay with that. Yeah, she'll still be hot. Uh, so, uh, yes. not to be dismissive, she's a fine actress, but hot. she's hot. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I gotta go there. Scottish also. I know. You don't have to tell me. I'm which, just saying. <laughs> I'm just reminding you. I've got a little scorecard with, like, which fetish goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. She's, like, uh, across the board. Ginger, <laughs> Scottish, <laughs> Doctor Who. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Police outfit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Used to waiting. Okay, there you go. (laughs) Used to waiting. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, 
And uh, Glenn Close. And Glenn Close was announced as being the commander of the Nova Corps, which I think. No, I think we. That's do, interesting. We do that, just but it's kind of dropping Well, it's just like putting Robert Redford in yeah. Captain America. You're sort of like, yeah, they're really they're putting in Oscar winners here. I thought he was in that. Yeah. The best thing I've heard about that is that his character's name is very close to the name of the Russian general in Ed Brubaker's run on Winter Soldier, really? who was really the Red Skull. Oh. oh. Because the Red Skull possessed someone else. We now know because of the, because of the, the co- Cosmic Cube, right. which is all I will call it, Tesseract my ass. The it's Tesseract. It's a cosmic cube. It's what the, the cosmic cube, cube. cosmic kind of, tesseract cube. kind of reduced okay. Johann Schmidt to the ether. Right. He has said uh, he would not come back for that role. So why not? Who's yeah. going to expect Robert, Robert Redford, Redford. chewing up the scenery? Super villain. Yeah. I will only suspect him in the death of Paul Newman. I can't believe you said that. I have a conspiracy theory. I don't want to hear it because they're both American icons. What's next? Come on, Newman's go, go. Own. One last cl- casting thing. Benicio Del Toro has signed this week a multi-picture deal with Marvel uh, that begins with Guardians of the Galaxy but is not limited to. So he has to be a character that can fit in a lot of different ones. Of course, all the casting headlines come with this with this subtitle. Tell us who the goddamn raccoon is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know exactly who he's going to be. Okay, who is he going to be? He's going to be Galactus. No. Yeah, uh, totally. In everything. Now we're going to get an entire run. They, they don't own the rights to Galactus. They don't own the rights to Galactus. Oh, they can. No, they can't. They can't. No, they can't. It's Disney. Uh, no, uh, Disney's not that powerful because they're they're scared of the, you know, the Quicksilver Wars of oh, God, 2015. Right. Um, and uh, no, one... Thought again that kind of crosses. Could he be Warlock? Oh, I would like that. And Warlock was a big part of that whole uh, yeah that whole series. Yeah, Yeah, because if you know Thanos is coming, who's the real character that's got us that people associate fans associate with standing up against Thanos originally is Warlock. Now that's interesting. Warlock and Drax. Warlock, but Drax is not. No, I know know what you're saying. Drax is in there in the past and sort of he's there, but it's not. But Warlock's, beta, gr- Warlock's greatest enemy is the Magus himself. Himself, yeah. Which is so true. Do we though? Do we? Everyone's know, greatest enemy is themselves. Is he signed to act? Yes. Or because you know he's he's going to be directing sooner or later. He's already directed films. No, no, no. He's signed to act. He's signed to act. Okay. Play a character in several films, similar to Samuel L. Jackson's contract. He has a nine-picture deal with Nick Fury. <laughs> So he has a multi-picture deal. They haven't said how many, and they haven't said what character. And it may not be major in this one. It may be something where war, where if it were Warlock, for example, Warlock <laughs> shows up at the end of like, okay, this is going to be... Because we know, and no one's denying it, Marvel is saying, you are heading towards, in Avengers, Thanos, maybe not two, but Thanos is going to be Avengers 3. <laughs> and, right. and, and it's very clear that the next phase is Thanos is going to be behind the scenes trying to manipulate a lot of stuff. So you're going to have to put those characters in place who really can stand toe-to-toe because God love the cinematic Avengers, but those guys are not believably characters that can stand up against Thanos. I would love it when they introduce the Adam Warlock character if they went all the way back to him and have him be the Naked genetic adult. product genetic product of an of a of a 
human experiment. Give us the high evolutionary. But I want to see a scene where he's getting out of, where he's escaping from the project, and there's a silhouette of four characters in the background that they don't have the rights to. (laughs) (laughs) You know, though... Wouldn't that be great? That would be great. <laughs> now, you know who I really want to And then one of them's holding up a middle finger. <laughs> and to a fox. It's very long. Uh, I would love... You know what I'd love to see? And I think Benicio would be the guy to play him out of everyone I could think of? Is Doc Strange. He would be a good Doctor Strange. He'd be a great Doctor Strange. He's not going to be Doctor Strange, but he would be a great Doctor Strange. Well, they're going to do Doctor Strange as a different... Uh, Movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not a TV series. And I would say, you know, the thing is, he would also have been, as much as I like Benedict Cumberbatch, Benicio Del Toro would have been a much better con. Who, and that was who he originally yes. he yes. was originally yeah. cast. That's right. And he would have been much better. He would have been a hell of a lot more ethnic. That's true. Well, you would be a hell of a lot more <laughs> ethnic, isn't it? Yes. True Benedict that. Cumberbatch is the most British man alive. Right. <laughs> it's like, so yeah, down to his very name. <laughs> yes, very true. And his middle name is Twee, Benedict Twee, <laughs> Twee Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. Wow. <laughs> so uh, that's all we have. We've had a big long conversation. This has been a long conversation, but you know we haven't we haven't talked for about nine ten days. So and this is what happens. Mm-hmm. Got a lot to get out. So if you have questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticisms. Kvetches, right into editor at fanboyplanet.com. You can find us on iTunes. If you have, please subscribe. Please rate us. Please tell your friends. You can listen to us on the Stitcher app, of course. Find us at www.fanboyplanet.com. Till the next time we meet again and beyond. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. I'm Christopher J. Garcia. I would like to speak in for, thanks once again, Drew Simchick. And I'm Rick Center, reminding you to use your powers only for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. John Turturro, my oh, okay. dear close friend. personal friend, <laughs> who I actually met right around here, like literally right around there. That chair. Let's uh, let's well, ask Dan Harmon. Different. I like that guy. You know he's on my Facebook page. Well, I'll try to reach out to him now because I I, I felt bad about it earlier, but now that I know he thinks he might remember who I am. That's right. That's worth it. I'm recording this for the... Uh, oh, for the outtakes. outtakes. The outtakes. <laughs> right. Um, anybody want to know what's in the space bar? Oh, yeah. I would like to know. Fig-infused vodka. This is the drink you have. That You can stop right there. This is the outtake. Fig-infused fig vodka. Fig-infused. Shampooed. Oh, God. Pineapple juice. Lemon juice. To get a little tartness. And then uh, mixed, you know, shaken with ice. Then yeah. poured. And then 
Just a nice little topping of champagne. Is that what you have in that glass there? That is what I have in this glass. <laughs> Why didn't you bring me one? Because uh, yeah. it's pricey. <laughs> oh, all right. That's a good answer. That's I like you, but... <laughs> the bartender actually takes two ounces of champagne to his mouth, gargles it, and blows over the top of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The spit it's a skill. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's right. So I'm, I'm ready. So they've got this partnership with City Lights, and every month they're going to have, or every new show, they're going to have a drink patched. So I'm really afraid Very of the nice. Rocky Horror. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know. <laughs> don't dream it. Wasabi vodka. Uh, yeah, I have no idea what's going on with that production. Garnished with the... Out of the oven. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, mm. oh it's warm. I can smell that. Hand-delivered oh. cookie. I'm just going to let this Here at Cafe the Stritch, they, where they hand-deliver your they cookies. hand-deliver your <laughs> oven-warm cookie. And that is... How many? And sen- what's, what's great Chris, and sad about this group of people is it's not a euphemism. Not and at we're all. just as happy. How how, <laughs> how many centimeters around is that cookie? Uh, let's see. Well, Chris Garcia, mathematical dilettante. Pi times the radius <laughs> square. I'm saying it's delicious. Oh. <laughs> it's delicious centimeters. It's the size of a baby's face. I would argue. I would argue a, a attractive baby's face. What as wouldn't well. you? What wouldn't you argue? <laughs> All the expressive parts of the baby's yes. face. <laughs> By the way, expressive baby is a wonderful web program. It actually allows you to download things faster. That's great. <laughs> get on that. Where can I get that? Isn't that Justin's pro- <laughs> project's no, name? <laughs> I don't know. I'm still stuck on trying to download Fake Block. <laughs> Oh. Totally. A little inside the rest of development joke. What are we talking uh, about tonight? Well, we're talking. You can't even determine the size of the hole. I told you <laughs> what we're talking about. No, yeah, okay. Yeah. Comics James Hello? Robinson is leaving Earth Two in a snit. Hello. Oh, there you go. Okay. Really? There was a snit involving dynamite and the Zorro Corporation because they're reviving Lady Rawhide and didn't ask Dom McGregor. Okay. I hope this is all snits, by the way. It's all yeah. snits. Yes. I'm, yeah. in, I'm, I'm envisioning a small bird that's involved in all this. <laughs> I don't, I don't think this is. A, I guess this is the first time. This is the first the time an independent comic has done this. But I guess um, Los Muertos Vivientes, The Walking Dead, is being yeah. translated over from issue number one into Spanish because apparently the television show is gangbusters in the Spanish-speaking world. Okay. That doesn't surprise me at all. I don't see it why doesn't not. surprise me at all either. The luchadors have often fought the zombies. Yeah. Right. We were going to talk about, I, we have to talk about the Venture Brothers returning. Woo-hoo. Fables is in development as a film again. Oh, God. Tease. Uh, and of course, Total tease. And of, course, m- and of course, more teasing. As we know, Amy Pond has joined the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Did see that. Glenn Close has joined the Guardians of the Galaxy. Did see and that. And today, Benicio del Toro yes. has joined the Guardians of the Galaxy in a multi-picture deal, so he's clearly not one of the Guardians, but he's going to be a character that can be anywhere did in you, the Marvel did Universe. Did you see his, his video short on the making of um, Pacific Rim? No. They show, they Benicio show del Toro or Guillermo del Toro? Guillermo del Toro. Totally different man. Indeed, but they're both Mexicans. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not? No. The Spanish? Chris, Chris, on behalf of your people, yes. titty twister. Later. Usual place. I love you. <laughs> I don't know why Lon hated these outtakes. <laughs> because honestly, 
If Chris Sorry. weren't here, Lon, that would have been the role played by Lon. No, I was, yeah. I was so loaded to talk about the Pacific Rim trailer because they show the head, the, the, the stage that they built for the head, which is not CG. It's actually something that can drop like 10 feet and shake the people around inside of it. It's uh-huh. amazing. I'm so looking forward to that film. Aren't you? I am. I am. In the sense that I'm looking forward to anything, which is not, you know. <laughs> He's not capable. Derek, have you become a nihilist? Or, I'm sorry, no, a nihilist? I, <laughs> I have become a nihilist. I'm from the negative zone. Don't you see the green scales? <laughs> <laughs> He's full of the little, little Derek McCaws. That's still canon, isn't it? Sure. Uh, that, was, that was Luke. Luke is pretty much, come on, he's a little anilis. Yeah, so. And little anilis and was all powered by little... And we're nice. back. Hey, it's stop. like it's like the happiest Fig Newton I've ever had. I don't know. I've had some pretty happy Fig Newtons. No, Anilus was. It, it turned out he was just a shell, and he had a ton of little Anilus's inside of him. Are you sure that wasn't the Ultimate Universe? No, that was in the. That was. In, I'm sure it got retconned or changed out or something. But it was. No, I don't. Like one of the that. crazy coolest things about. No, I don't yeah. recall that. But I can totally see you being full of like little Derek McCaws running the eyes and nose. And then I would like them to stop it because I'm getting fat. I'd like them to stop reproducing within <laughs> you me. Need, you need a couple of them to go on vacation. <laughs> but you just forgot to say, could we have a sub. A summer home, a summer Derek. Go over there and uh, that's the summer barracks Derek. down there. What were those creatures in Doctor Who called? The uh, Adipose. Uh, Adipose. Adipose. Oh, no, no, the, the Adipose. Oh, the Adipose. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. No, those are real, though. That's why I got confused. Ah. <laughs> Adipose is real. The Adipose are not real. That is great. No, that's that, yeah, the Adipose it represents Israel. You're correct. <laughs> yes. It's a long, complicated story. And it's, why, it's one of the reasons why the Gaza Strip is so is so contentious right now. See, what's right. cool about and the slippery. outtakes is we're because, all just ripping. Because no one wants to strip if they're full of Adipose. <laughs> <laughs> I thought correct. we just seamlessly <laughs> gone into it. Seamlessly. No, we have not yet gone into it. It's the... 6.37. It's showtime. All right, go. Ready. Oh, my God. Who's going to start? That's no, no, that's not the 